Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. At Bright Vibe, we believe everyone deserves to be happy. But in today's world, everywhere you turn, there is division and negativity. At Bright Vibe, we have created a global movement to bring 8 million people together who are inspired to live bright, live bold, and share bright vibes. Alone, it can be hard to change, but together we can change the world. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. So welcome to the show. I'm Matt Lilly, and today our guest is Danielle Laporte, and she is a, a prolific author, an author of very uh, a lot of books. Um, she is uh, Canadian, which I love uh, because I've never been to Canada, so this is my way to travel right here today. So she's Canadian, um, helps a lot of people in different ways. She actually has a heart-centered leadership program, so just lots of fun stuff for us to dive into today. Your, your, your newest book that's coming out, um, is called How to Be Loving. And I want to dive into that because as I was kind of uh, going over some of the, the stuff for the show today, I like the phrase, um, love isn't just a feeling or love isn't a feeling, right? That was something I heard you say in, in one love of Love is your, not a feeling. Yeah, mm-hmm. love is not a feeling. And so I do want to dive into that. But tell us a little bit about Danielle. Where, what's kind of, you know, for people who have never heard of you, who are, are this, this is their first time of hearing of you or having exposure to your work, um, kind of what, uh, what do you, what's Danielle about? We'll what's there. my gem? Yeah. What's your uh, gem? <laughs> well, what I do now is I have a heart-centered leadership curriculum. So uh-huh. I, we've got like 400 men and women who are working in businesses and in prisons and in schools with this curriculum around resiliency and love as the guiding intelligence. Mm -hmm. There's like a bit of science, a bit of art, a lot of mysticism. Mm -hmm. And uh, what the sort of the background of that was, I'm really well known for a book called The Desire Map, which is about Mm -hmm. a more holistic approach to goal setting. Okay. Before that, there was, uh, you know, I got rejected from art school. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I figured I should just like get on the personal growth sure. plan and yeah. do my thing. And before that, I ran a think tank in Washington, D.C., where I had a handful of futurists and we looked at how global trends might converge or collide. Uh-huh. And somewhere in around there, uh, I did a lot of uh, strategy work with small businesses and really how to come into the online space Mm. with a brand that was based on integrity. Yeah. So many different, you've had kind of many different roles, it sounds like in your, in your past. And so uh, what kind of drives you to do the work you do? Oh, I'm interested in the truth. Mm. I'm interested in the truth. I think, uh, I think we are all here to do our healing, to, find out what's in the subconscious and bring it up to the conscious realm. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I haven't always thought this was the best time to be on the planet, <laughs> but now I do. I'm just like, I am, I am in for whatever is going down here. Right. I think we're in an epic mode of transition and I want to um, do what I can to be that. I'm interested in love leading the way. I think logic and uh, greed and emptiness have gotten us into the place that we're in. Mm-hmm. I think we're in a crisis of morality. And I'm interested in, you know, the medicine that is loving kindness. I'm interested in conscious commerce. Right. I'm interested in healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I've attended some uh, summits that were called um, Conscious Capitalism. And it was about what are you doing with yeah. your company and how are you? Um, the founder of Whole Foods uh, was the big sponsor of that and the founder, one of the founders of it. And so it was always down in Austin. I think they still do it every year. But mm -hmm. really, it's not about, uh, I, I, as I was reading through some of your stuff, yeah, greed is different than capitalism or or conscious business and, th and things like that. We're talking well, like capitalism has become the transportation for greed. And I would right, question yeah. whole foods consciousness these days. Right, um, right. But this is a thing, you know, everything that has set us back has pillaged the planet. That's creating, you know, we're hyper obsessed with productivity, mm -hmm. everything that's, you know, creating burnout. There's, there's a solution in all those problems. So it's like, you know, commerce could be used right. to heal the collective. Mm -hmm. um, all of our ambitiousness, all that energy for striving could really be harnessed if we like put it in the right direction, moved it towards inclusiveness and a triple bottom line. Right now, there's a lot of ego-centered bucket lists. <laughs> and I think the day of the bucket list is over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, I was curious about the comment that you made that for a while you thought that it wasn't the best time to be here, you know, yeah. living. And now you do feel so that it's yeah. a great time to be alive here on, on Mother Earth. So what was the before feeling? And then what has been the transition to the way you feel today so what were you kind of what was your experience before why were you kind of like and 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 and, and the re, part of the reason i'm asking is because i've that has been my experience as well and sometimes mm -hmm. depending on the day still is that <laughs> do is this yeah. really the best time but then today's like today i'm like yeah this is a really cool time to be alive so so <laughs> yeah. so kind of what was your uh, catalyst for not catalyst let's start with uh, why were you feeling that it wasn't the best time to be alive it's a mess it's a mess here. I mean, we have normalized disconnection and pollution and overwork and numbing out and, uh, you know, ethics in all sectors of society are highly questionable. We are highly medicated, extremely divided. This is one of the most polarizing times that anybody alive right now can remember. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this is this is not the best of humanity at work. Mm -hmm. And I think the best of humanity is simultaneously at work. Like right, yes. a lot of people waking up, a lot of love right. flowing, compassion, a lot of people building bridges where there weren't bridges before. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, you know, and I think we can see this like on the micro level in our own lives. Mm -hmm. If I think of like 10 friends, half of them are falling apart and the other half of them are really waking up and feeling like, you know, all the struggle they went through, the hardship in their life has prepared them to help other people right now, whether they're going through anxiety attacks or they're no longer invited to family dinners or whatever <laughs> it is. Right. Right. Um, so there's, there's that. That's why I thought, mm, this, maybe this is not the best game in the universe. I would like right. to be on another planet. <laughs> And then how I've gotten to like, I actually want to be here is I considered not being here and not in a suicidal nope. way, but more nope. in a like, thy will be done. I'm really going to hand my life and my ambitions over mm -hmm. to this, over to universal mind. Mm -hmm. Life has got this, life has always had me. Mm -hmm. When I really move into that, like, 
something has always had my back. Things right. always turn out. I always get closer to the divine. Then I just and not in a like a new agey bypassy way, go with the flow, but it's more like I'm gonna trust this unfolding. Mm-hmm. It's been working for eons for humanity. Um, I know in my personal life, every time there's a dark patch, mm-hmm. there is always something better. I am more resilient, more fun, more radiant, more connected on the other side of the hardship. Mm-hmm. And I know that that is a universal principle. That's got to be what's happening for humanity. And, you know, I've gone through my stuff. I've done my contemplating. I've had some dark nights. And I feel equipped. I feel I'm my, my practice now is to, like, notice the beauty. Mm-hmm. In everything and relationships, nature, and the struggle. And I may as well make the most of it. You know, I'm here. Yes. So and not I'm an going accident. And not an accident, right? You're no, not here there on the are no there, there, right. Because yeah. I felt very much the same way. I mean, as, as late as Monday, I was feeling that same way. <laughs> um, but it was like, but again, it was just, an, for me, it was another test of, uh, you know, since. Uh, before COVID, but definitely COVID and post COVID has been a tremendous experience and, and learning opportunity for me to have faith, have faith yes. in the greater plan and have faith in God and have faith in that uh, mm-hmm. there's things that work here for my greater good, even when those dark nights of the soul. And, and when I say dark night of the soul, I've joked with some of my friends. I don't think I've necessarily said it necessarily on the podcast, but I literally thought the dark night of the soul was like a, a day or two, right? I didn't, because people say the dark night of the soul. I didn't realize it was like months, sometimes years, right? Yeah. Uh, I was like, I, I was going through some yeah. stuff and I was just like, this isn't the dark night of the soul. That, this is like day 30 or day 40 or day 140, right? Yeah. It, it seemed like a long time. And I think there's a lot of people out there um, who, who, have, who have gone through, who I think were the, the point of the spear, I would kind of call it, that were kind of getting their uh, asses handed to them for a long period of time mm-hmm. prior to this bigger bubble now coming through of people that it, it's kind of like, um, I won't say way showers necessarily, but there had to be yes. some people that kind of lived got to the other side of the bad stuff, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And I don't know yes. if that's the way you felt as well, but it was kind of like, I, in, in it, sometimes there would be the little recognition of, I'm going through this because at some point, somebody's going to need me to sh- impart this to them so that they can go through it. It was the way yeah. I was feeling. I mean, and sometimes that was about the only thing that was keeping me kind of anchored into this reality, was kind of mm-hmm. like, hey, I, I think this has happened to me because... Somewhere in the future, I'm going to need to help somebody else who's going through this or maybe even something worse. And as I've Mm -hmm. talked to people, it seems like people that, you know, do work in the space of kind of the energetics and helping people Mm -hmm. mentally and spiritually and all those fun things, it it seems like most of them went through some pretty hard stuff in preparation for like today. It seems mm-hmm. is that I mean, I, I, and you talk to a lot of people in the space. I'm well, sure. I mean, what you're describing is the wounded healer, right? right. Mm-hmm. And I and I do feel this that whatever I've endured and transmuted, you know, all the pain that I've been able to turn into personal power, right? It feels more than ever like right on time. It's like, oh, <laughs> okay, I can help you out now. I have a little wisdom to impart here. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm more present than ever and more faithful than ever. And I think everything that's happening on the planet right now 
is for us to restore our, our faith mm-hmm. and something greater. Like, I don't think God, source, life, whatever works for you, I don't think we get tested. Like, there's a beautiful teaching from some hermetic, comedic, it's called different things, philosophy that says God neither punishes mm-hmm. nor protects mm-hmm. nor rewards. That's up to us. Mm. It's like, it's all here for us. If we want to protect ourselves and our energy and what we've created, we have the capacity to do that. Mm -hmm. If we want to reward ourselves and have a lot of abundance and health and goodness in our life, we have the power to do that. Free will is a beautiful thing. Um, Yes, we get all this grace. Mm -hmm. And then it's up for us to like meet life halfway and, and then, you know, you bring up an interesting point about the dark night of the soul. You know, that's a term that's like kicked around a lot in the yes. personal growth space, right? right? Of course. Dark night of the soul. Like, I thought my divorce was my dark night of the soul. <laughs> that was the no. warm up, right? That was like the that preamble, right? That was, exactly. that was the introduction to the book. <laughs> yeah, that was the warm up band. Right. And, um, and I hear lots of, I hear lots of, folks in this space just saying like, oh, that was totally the dark night of my son. It's like, <laughs> girlfriend, right. just you wait. Yeah, that um, was not the dark night. That was just a little bump, right? <laughs> the, the key characteristic from what I see in my own experience and others, and then many mystics who write about this, is that in the dark night, there's this disillusion. I mean, it is the breaking down of the ego, of the mind, self, all of that. But you really don't know who you are. Mm. And it doesn't mean that you're having a psychotic break or anything necessarily like that, although that could be part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's that you don't know who you're going to be on the other side. Mm -hmm. Are you going to have the same career? Are you going to be the same? Are you going to be in the same relationships? Who are you? And that is extremely unsettling and upsetting Mm -hmm. and crazy making for the mind that like loves an identity, loves a personality, loves certainty Mm -hmm. and that's the fire that's the fire the old mask gets toasted yes and 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 i think the reason i'm bringing it up is because you know for for the listeners of this show and any anybody listening to this show um, i just want to be real with people that it's okay to be it's okay to have those feelings because i i know i know i'd been around Tony Robbins stuff. I've been to India and monks and spiritual healers. I've been to gong baths and, and I'm from the Midwest. So a lot of what I've done is not typical Midwestern Bible belt stuff. Right. But I'd love to experience things. And so I went out and did all these things. And so I thought I had a pretty good understanding and and I'd heard a lot of people talk about the dark night of the soul. And I'll tell you what, it was not at all what I expected. It was much worse. Um, because I didn't even know that it was the dark night of the soul. It just felt like for me, it just felt like an abyss of shit. And like, it was Mm -hmm. never going to end. And I was Mm -hmm. like, to to your point, it was exactly what you were talking about, where I was so disillusioned that I got to the point I was just, I was apathy maybe, but it was just like, I just don't want to even have hope anymore that there's, I'm just so sick of the crap. I'm just done. Right. It was almost like I was just done with all of the hope and the concepts and planning for the future and all that. It was just it was, it, I was just worn out, if that makes sense, because I was just struggling against it all, right? I was just struggling yeah. against, it was like I was wearing myself out by trying to have a plan and trying to navigate what the hell was going on with the financial world and navigate what was going on with my marriage. And, my, and, and at some point, it was just like, 
I, I think for me, the relief has come. The relief comes from just letting go of the need to know it all, right? Or know any of it, really. I mean, yeah. which is super frustrating f- sometimes. And, and now I'm noticing my wife the other day, she looks at me and she goes, I don't even know who you are anymore. And she starts giving me all the, when I met you, we, we've been, we've known each other for 10 years and been married for eight and a half. And, and we've got two kids now in the house and two dogs. And we're a very t- stereotypical family. And she's like, I don't know who you are. And, blah, blah, blah. and she starts going through, when I met you, this is what you were doing. And now I don't even know. And this, and this, she started going through it all. And I just look, I was just laughing inside because I'm looking at her and said, I feel exactly the same way about me. <laughs> I'm like, I am like, I'm like 110% behind what you're saying. We are, you, she goes, I don't even know how to talk to you. I'm like, just like this, because I tell you, I don't have a freaking clue who I am either. And so uh-huh. it, it was just, but, but for a long period of time, I really struggled and was hiding in that, right? Hiding in the, I don't know who I am and I don't know, because I'm supposed to, right? I'm the head of the households, you know, with all the, you know, I'm the, the dad and the husband and the, all I, of the, I, all of the roles, all those roles, yeah. all those roles, which, which, which for a lot of us can just become masks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, the challenge is just burn that stuff away. It's so good to not know who you are. Cause you get down to who you really are. Right. You just get down to essence and beingness mm-hmm. and vitality and like you can really be present in your conversations. Right. And it doesn't mean that you don't have vision. It doesn't mean it has letting go of all your identities is not the same as being irresponsible. Of course. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. Right? Like yeah. I bet you were probably even like a more fun, loving, connected father. Well, not yet. I'm still working on that. My kids love, yes, we have a ton of kids. I, I mean, a ton of fun with the kids, but I, I am still in process. I will say I'm not, Aren't we all? I'm, as, I'm not, yes. I'm not, compl- I'm still hanging on to some concepts. Like I said, even as late as Monday, I was like freaked out because I was still trying to hold on to all of the, 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 like, it's almost like every time I would say, okay, I'm going to let the sandcastle be washed away and I'm fine with just an empty beach. And then I'd start getting down on my hands and knees and building the sandcastle again. And all of a sudden the water's coming. I'm like, don't, don't, don't erode my sandcastle. I'm trying to protect my sandcastle. And then it's wiping away my sandcastle. I'm like, mother. And I'm just like, and that's what, that was my Monday. And then on Tuesday, it just kind of, I let it wash away my sandcastle. And then it was all of a sudden like, you know, divine grace was like, well, since you finally let go of that concept, let's give you something much, much better. And door number two is all the fun stuff that you were resisting. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. And so, and my whole last two or three years has just been that. It's kind of been this like holding on and holding on and holding on and thinking that I'm controlling anything, which is a facade. And then... Mm-hmm. finally just getting the point. I mean, God just shakes the heck out of me a lot. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm always much happier to your point. I'm always much happier on the other side of when I actually finally let go, but it's almost like it has to be pried from my cold dead hand before I'll let it go. At least that's my, mm-hmm. I'm very stubborn. Yeah. And I, I, we can get ahead of that so that the change isn't, isn't as brutal. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. that bright. So for me, it's gonna be it's gonna be beat into my right bones. Vibes. You're going there. Yeah, it's gonna be beat into my bones. So yeah. so as uh, since we're on this subject, and I think this is very relevant and important for today's podcast that we help people understand that. And and you can please clarify what I'm about to say and, and expand on it because I am just starting to lean into it and learn about it myself. But basically, it feels like there's kind of this you know, the anxiety and the, the, 
semi-depression, feeling alone and feeling isolated. And when the identity starts to kind of be questioned and then you go into the full blown, holy shit, my world's collapsing and maybe it is collapsing externally. Right. And then it seems to be Mm -hmm. this understanding of this faith. And then I'm not quite sure what the other side completely is other than I get glimpses of it. And when I say the other side, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all relative, but, Mm -hmm. but but know that, that if, works. If, right, if you're listening, if you're, if you're in the beginning stages, there's suck in front of you. If you're in the middle of it, that's okay. There's lots of people that are kind of in the suck with you, even though it doesn't feel like that. And it doesn't see, you know, it didn't feel like that to me. And even though friends were reaching out that were very wise and could, and had already been through that stage and gave me some road signs, even though I kind of rejected them. <laughs> um, then, and then now it's kind of like this, um, how do I integrate some of this? And so for people listening, can you kind of go through the stages of kind of, because I want, I, if nothing else, if, if the only thing people get from this podcast today, other than they should buy your lovely book, right, is that, because it'll help them with this process, is that, is that this is a process and it's normal and you're not going to feel normal when it happens to you and there's phases of it and it's not, it, it, there, there's a, a cadence to it. Maybe it's summer's longer, some it's shorter, mm-hmm. but it's, mm-hmm. but it's what needs to happen. It's, you're not freaking out. You're not, you're not, I mean, you might be freaking out, but it's not, it's not a bad thing that's happening to you, even though it may feel horrible, I guess. I'm, and I'll just shut up now and let you talk. Mm-hmm. Every challenge is an opportunity to become more conscious, more resilient, more radiant. And on the other side, so you're never alone. I know, like the nature of hell is, hell has two characteristics. One is you think you're the only one ever that's gone through that very precisely, and no one on the planet in the history of humanity would understand. Right. And then secondly, you don't know when it's going to end. And that is, drives you mad. It's yep. just, let's, you know, we all, we, I think a lot of us think, well, I could hunker down and go through this mm-hmm. if I knew this was going to end in six weeks or six <laughs> months, but is this going to take me down for years? You don't right. know, you know, right. the other side is simplicity, almost simplicity as a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a teaching from a course in miracles that says, Basically, when we get through those tribulations, we make a promise to ourselves to never go through it again. We're just like, I'm never going to let that happen. And my observation is some of us make good on that promise. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we do the work. We mm-hmm. come up with a meditation practice. We live more contemplatively. We're like more loving people. Mm-hmm. And then some of us backslide again. And we're all going to backslide a bit and get into those habits of numbing out mm-hmm. over shopping, over eating over whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second promise I think we make through that is that we will be of service to others because of that, which is what you brought up at the top of our conversation. Like, you know, I'm going through this and hopefully this is going to be helpful for somebody else. Right. And that's actually a very Buddhist approach. Like a Buddhist, the Buddhist ideology would say, um, even though this is so hard and I can't, I can't even imagine how this is good for me. The Buddhist prayer would be, may my suffering be of service Mm -hmm. at the very least. May this make me a little bit useful for somebody. Right. There's that. Um, On the other side, you are lighter. Mm -hmm. You are freer. 
peace actually becomes kind of sexy. Like in my 20s, I was just like, oh, I want drama. I want intensity. I want chaos. And I'm just like, no, peace is a happy nervous system. Mm -hmm. It's great digestion. It's rewarding relationships. You have clear, loving, honest conversations with pretty much everybody you meet in your life. You have way less drama. You have so much more emotional intimacy mm-hmm. you become acutely in the best way aware of your creative power mm-hmm. that your words are informing your reality that you can make amazing things happen and then finally i mean this is just like the highlights finally i think after we get through our challenges we become truly inclusive like we want to invite people to the table of our opportunities, whatever that is. Right. We want to know how other people feel. Mm-hmm. We feel connected to trees and to our ancestors, and we feel connected to the future. And all the polarization that's so insane right now, mm-hmm. it'll all start, it's starting to dissolve. We're going we're gonna to get there. I think it's inevitable we're going to get there. But all the drama in your life, starts to get rinsed away and then when there's new drama new challenges and new impacts we respond very differently not like this is happening to me and how am i going to get through this just like i can do this still difficult but you know what you're made of totally yeah totally and i think you said it so much more uh, you said it very eloquently and i appreciate that um and, and so, yes, all of those things. And, you know, this, the show used to be called Dose of Leadership. Now it's called Bright Vibe because we wanted to expand the format. Um, mm-hmm. But certainly um, everyone going through this process is a leader by just the fear, sheer fact that you're going through the process and you're doing the work or the work's doing you, however you want to, you know, as it depends on the day. But, but yeah. that, that makes you a leader in this space that we're entering into, which is different than anything to your point that I've experienced in the 51 years I've been on the planet. It, it's, we, we need people who have been, have been through the shit, who have been through the, the dark nights of the soul and have survived because they need to reinforce for other people that they can make it. It's kind of like the hand up and the hand down, you know, on the ladder type thing where, you know, you've got, it's, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a leader in it, where you work by title, you can be a leader as a, um, a power for good. I, and I've watched this in my own organizations. I've watched people that were cleaning equipment one day become leaders in the organization a week mm-hmm. or two later, not because we gave them a new title, but because they stepped up energetically and supported people and, and brought people together. And they, they didn't, weren't asked. Nobody asked them to do it. It wasn't their job description. They just did it. And it was so amazing. It was great teaching for me to see. It was like, yeah, you don't have to have a title. You don't have to have a whatever to be loving, to be kind, to be compassionate, to be what I consider a leader. Right. That's a leader is somebody who can display those things of lead, of leadership, mm-hmm. which is true leadership, not the not the 80s thing that I grew up, which was Gordon Gecko <laughs> and Greed and all that BS. Right. I, I mean, I grew up thinking that Hugh Hefner was the, the thing I was supposed to emulate, which was I was. I swear I, I can. He was can, the bomb. Yeah, it, you invite me. You invite me on your podcast and we'll go through the Hugh years for me, which was which was basically, you know, it was uh, that those were the male role models and they were horrific. I mean, I won't say horrific 
perfect, but they were very poor role models, right? They were, because yeah. that's not masculinity. That's not true masculinity. That's not true leadership, right? Mm -hmm. um, objectifying another part of our species. That's not a, that's not a leadership well, it's characteristic. It's, it's masculine. It's just toxic masculine. <laughs> well, I, yeah. yeah. Maybe. I don't even like to put it in the same category as masculine. I think it's actually running away from masculinity because you're doing all the things that uh, the masculine truly wouldn't do or doesn't do in it when it's in its essence or in its core. It's protective. It's, it is inclusive. It protects all. It doesn't just, you know, it's not a, uh, that's the essence. I mean, for me, that's my essence of masculinity. It's, it's, more, it's, it's a Christ-like, God-like, divine-like quality of masculinity, just like feminine is inclusive and loving and nurturing and kind. Right. So, so yeah, when, when I grew up, that was, that was the role models and that's what, you know, and, and it was a horrible existence and it was a shallow existence and it's taken so much time to unprogram. And I like you talk about this in your writings and teachings as well as it takes some time to unprogram the mind from all of the shit that we, and I, I'm cursing more on the show than I ever have. So I appreciate you being patient with me today, but it, it's like, but it takes a while that, and it's still taking me a lot of time, seems like decades to unprogram this instrument that sits between my ears and reprogram it or allow it to be programmed with much better programming. I mean, just, I, you know, I, so anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. Right. That's, that's what you what do with your programs, right? But that's what you do with a lot of your work. Program people? Um, well, well no, I won't say program people, but help people. No, but I think, I think that's the essence of healing. Right. Is to deprogram, you know, you commit to the heart mm -hmm. and you will uncondition your mind. Mm -hmm. And so much, I mean, what, what I'm saying and how to be loving mm -hmm. is that even how we feel is part of social conditioning. Right. We are trained that this happens and we should have a happy response, an angry response. Right. We're trained to have particular reactions to all sorts of circumstances. And that is an unconscious life. Mm -hmm. and, and so when you say the word love, can you help define for me and the listeners, how do you define love? Because it's much more than a, it's, it's not a feeling. So what is love? Mm -hmm. Love is not a, a feeling. It's not an emotion because love is not something that comes and goes. Emotions, they're up, they're down. They're like clouds in the sky. Love is the creative force that makes everything. Love made us. Love is the intelligence that guides more making, more manifesting. Love is prana, it's chi, it's life force. So love is a virtue. Right? I think it's the virtue of all virtues. How I often describe it is, you know, if you were to see the sun as divine love, mm -hmm. really the source of creativity, and all these rays that go in all the different directions from the sun are different virtues. So it's like uh, compassion is its own virtue, but it all goes back to love. It's a derivative of love, right? That's right. Resilience, forgiving, loving kindness, which is more of a Buddhist term, which has to, you know, loving kindness is just a warmth, a friendliness towards yourself and all other sentiency. Um, love is it. And it's beyond words. It's beyond this discussion. It's beyond 
intellectual understanding. But most people, when they're still, go, ah, that's it. And that, that, thatness, that isness, that's your beingness. Mm -hmm. You're made of it. You brought up another time in my life where I literally, I think a year or two ago, I was sitting on the couch with my wife and we were, we were just literally sitting there. We may have been watching a show. We're just talking. And I looked over through this little dog gate thing we've got. And for, um, I don't know, not a minute, but maybe 30 seconds, I actually was able to witness love. And I don't know why it was in that case. I don't know what, and it was so much different and so more, much more yeah. profound and more simple. All like, there was no way to describe it as, as, and like I was trying to describe it to her and I was like, I, I will never be able to give what I just witnessed words. I said, the words will always fall short of the actual witnessing. I won't even say experience. I will say witnessing of love because I realized that what you just said and you just reminded me and I'd forgotten that experience. It wasn't a feeling. It wasn't an emotion. It wasn't a judgment. It wasn't a um, projection. It was, it just was. Love it's just not even was. A, it's not even an experience. Yes, exactly. I mean, your mind is having the experience of right. you. Right being love like and this is how i how i begin how to be loving with a statement that your heart is always open mm. so this is part of the personal development mm -hmm. um i would say misguidance is like your heart opens it closes open your heart up to listen i know it's i mean i am getting semantical about it but it's like the heart is always open it's the mind that comes in and says, here's a reason why I should withhold. Here's why I think they owe me an apology. Here's why I'm better. Here's why I'm inferior. All those things. That's mind stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I'm really on about is that we should be using our minds in service to love. Mm -hmm. So think loving thoughts. Use your fantastic intellect, the data, the research, the science, the whatever you need. It's part of this reality. I get it. In service of love. Love is your true self. Love is you when you are not doing, when you are not performing. It's just, it really is this quality. Like, it's something that we rest in. The only place <clears throat> to really get restored, to repair, to rest is in love. It's the ultimate inclusiveness. So all of your shit, your shadow, your genius, your brilliance, your masculinity, your femininity, it's all in. It gets loved as is. That's that's the isness quality. It just, it's all okay. All gets loved. And the beauty, once you start to love all those parts of yourself that you've been avoiding for a long time uh, or confused about, you start to love other people's parts and other people's opinions. And you feel so solid within your own identity, which is like, hey, I know who I am. I forget a hundred times a day, but I know that I'm part of something bigger. I know that the same force that made oceans and whales and the rule of thirds made me. I'm that unique and connected. I'm okay if someone has a different opinion than me. Right. I respect my own path. It's messy. It's getting me closer to, to the divine. Mm -hmm. I respect their path. You become way less. I mean, this is another layer to your question of like, what's on the other side? Mm -hmm. You become 
significantly less controlling. Mm. It's amazing. There's so much less to control. You have way fewer opinions. People just get to do them and you get to do you. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the love that holds us all together. And I think that was a, a key to, uh, especially for me, is I was always confused about the opening of the heart, but also, you know, love love parts of yourself or love yourself. And, and for me, it came down to acceptance. I had to use the term acceptance. I need, I can yes. accept that part of myself because I could not, yes. because I didn't have a good definition or understanding of love enough to be able to, like, I don't love that part of myself. When I'm mean or I do this, I don't love that part of myself, but can I accept myself for that? Can I accept and, and forgive in the same moment myself for that? Um, anger or for that, whatever. So, so I'm, I'm, I, I'm not at the, maybe the stage of love compl- in its totality for that part of myself, but can I at mm-hmm. least accept that some days I'm just going to be angry or I'm going to be grumpy or I'm going to be, and, and I find that mm-hmm. the more I accept to your point, the less I am, right? The, yes. the, right. The, the more I, I accept my things. anger, the less I am angry. Yes. The anger, this is a brilliant point. Everything you create, whether it's your anger or your ease, but all those, let's just say negative things, it all just wants your attention. Mm -hmm. So the anger is just saying, look at me, feel me. And what we're trained to do in kind of the motivational circle is don't be angry, rise above it, push your fear, put your fear aside. And that is, it's really damaging actually, Mm -hmm. because it's suppression. Right. And the more you suppress it, that fear is going to turn into anxiety and all kinds of wake up calls and, you know, getting blindsided. Just feel what's there with love. Like your kid comes to you crying. You say, what's up? Mm-hmm. I got room for you. Let me hold you. You got to do that with yourself. Mm-hmm. Totally. And so, so your book comes out October 11th, How to Be Loving. And, and um, you want to give us a little bit of the premise of the book and, and what people would expect to find in the book? The premise of the book has everything to do with this conversation, which is about acceptance. And it has to do with, you know, the, really the question I'm asking is, what are you identifying as? So when you're in those binds, when you're in the fight, when you're in the, when you're feeling in your own struggle, are you seeing yourself as a problem? Are you seeing yourself as your true nature, which is love and inclusiveness and all those kind of reverence? Mm-hmm. I talk a lot about virtue and I talk a lot about forgiveness and what that means. Mm -hmm. And the response so far to this content to how to be loving is one, I think hopefully we can all agree. It's really timely, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, that there's um, sort of a relaxation that comes from these steps to acceptance And somebody just told me today, you know, I I thought this was going to be about how to love other people. And really, it's about how to accept myself. Right. Oh, yeah, that's it. Because you do that, you become more loving. Yeah. yeah. And and you said earlier, the acceptance, right? As you accept yourself, you accept others a lot more easily and and readily. And I always I always looked at it in myself as, you know, I've made every major mistake. I've committed every major, if you want to call it sin. I'm like, I've done all the big stuff, right? You, you, You name it. I've probably done it or at least thought about it a lot and and so if 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 i'm going to judge that other person for that i've i've you know it's just i'm just a hypocrite 
right? I'm just a hypocrite at that point because it's like, no. And, and, and for a while I adopted the phrase, and I can't remember which, from which teaching this comes, but just like me. So it was like, that guy's an asshole, just like me. Like, so like every, me. every time I had the judgment, it was it's super helpful, right? It was just like, and, yeah. and after, and, and it just deflates that balloon so quickly when you're like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's that guy brilliant. just cut me off in traffic. He, he's such a jerk. And I'm just like, just like me. And then I could think of five other times that I did that. Yes. Do you know, can I offer a refinement sure. of that? Yes, please. Okay. okay. And I talk about this in the, this is like a little practice we have in how to be loving is mm-hmm. when somebody's doing that thing that you're so opposed to, and you're just yes. like, they're such a douche, you know? Yeah. Um, what I invite you to say is, oh, I've done that before. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I've been that before. Oh, because, right. You know, the, yeah, the subconscious yeah. is hearing everything. Yeah, right, right. So you don't want to necessarily Reinforce. be a Yeah, yeah. Good point. Right. In the yeah. current moment, you're the asshole. Yeah, yeah, right. You say, in the past, I was that. Yeah. So I have yeah, compassion but, for it. This is who I am today. Right. I've, and you so, said the phrase is, I've right. done that before? Yeah. Oh, I've done that before. I like that. Thank you for that nuance. And and it's very strategic, right? right. So it's not even like I was that before because right. you don't want to get into that psychological right. space of low. I am or I was that. Right. No, it's just a behavior that gets right. did, right? you know? Like I've been in a car yeah. accident before. It doesn't mean I'm going to live in a car accident every day, right? I've, right. I've done right. that before. Yeah. I've done that before. Yeah, I like that. That's very funny. And so you do have, um, If you do you have a little bit more time? Are you good? Sure. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. So... You do so. You train people, though. You have a heart-centered leadership program. Is that what we were talking about earlier? Yes. So the heart-centered leadership program is this curriculum. Okay. It's workshops and it's conversation starters and it's practices and exercises you can use in your coaching practice or in team building. So we have consultants who go into big corporations and do heart-centered team building exercises. Mm -hmm. We have women who are going into halfway homes Mm -hmm. and doing some healing work. Mm -hmm. I've got one of my heart centered leaders is a retired firefighter in Brooklyn who's using our exercises with um, incarcerated teens. Oh, wow. And he's helping them. I just read the most beautiful report from him. He's saying, you know, they're now using words like heart. Mm. And love. And they're thinking about the thoughts that they're thinking before they go to bed at night, Mm -hmm. which is brilliant. So that's the leadership program. And with that, you know, you become part of this business circle. Mm -hmm. I love entrepreneurship almost as much as I love consciousness. Uh So we're helping people grow their work in the world. I love it. I love it. I love it. So you're providing... Uh, kind of resources for other people to go out and spread the the good vibes mm-hmm. and the love and the how to the, and the how to be loving, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so um, people can find more about the out about this just as I did by going to your website, Daniel Laporte with an e on the end dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the main. I'm assuming. Yeah, DanielleLaporte.com. It's all there. Big part of my universe is on Instagram. I'm at Danielle Laporte. Okay. Um, and then my podcast is with love, Danielle, I'm dropping podcasts almost every week now, which is, um, I finally decided to really commit. Yeah. Yeah. They're fun. Aren't they? I love podcasts. It's like, it's just a fun, I'd never even listened to a podcast till a year and a half ago. And I'm like, (laughs) these are so much fun. (laughs) Um, so I love it. Well, so, so anything else that just, what would be our, 
or your, not our, what would be your kind of, if there was one thing you, if you were about ready to be beamed off the planet, what would be the thing that you would want? What information would you want to depart or leave to humanity right before they beamed you off? Well, I always have two things to say. I love it. I love it. I love it. First of all, you're controversial. <laughs> two things, not one. I love it. Um, I would just offer the word reverence, Ooh. which is reverence for your shadow and for your light. Like really honor, honor it all. It's all teaching. It's all good. It's all part of you. And the other thing is, is that we really are in this together. Mm. United we stand and divided we all fall, not just some of us, right. all of us. So where we need to go, a more beautiful world, a more inclusive world, restored nervous systems, less burnout, all of that only happens in community. It only happens together. So you got to look around right now and figure out who you can help heal, who you can give uh, a hand to, who you can forgive, who you can ask for forgiveness from. It's, it's all of us now, or none of us. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for that. And, and this, again, is why we've changed, not changed, but expanded the format here on this podcast, because we wanted to bring more, because you are in the leadership space, but we also know that great leaders, great leaders, and I've, I've known, I'm a part of a worldwide leadership organization, and they are phenomenal leaders. I've just been blessed and honored and lucky to be a part of that organization. Mm-hmm. But I, at the, most all of the leaders that I've met that are super high-functioning work on themselves, the ones that are super high functioning and, and drive great companies, they spend time in the space that we're talking about here. It's not at how to manipulate people. And that's probably even the wrong way to say that. Yeah, but, yeah. Right. It, they don't spend time working on spreadsheets and P&Ls. They spend time on the people skills and, and their own acceptance of themselves and how do they accept others? Because if you really look at the re- like at the really great leaders on a worldwide stage, the ones that we, like a Nelson Mandela, right? When we think of a Nelson Mandela, that's a great leader. Why? Because he went from being very divisive and literally a terrorist in his own country to being very inclusive where he started including the very people that he used to be so opposed to in decision-making and and things like this. So that's what I'm talking about, great leaders. I'm not talking about somebody that's just a good people person, but really great leaders are inclusive leaders and they do work Uh on themselves and they do question Mother Teresa questioned herself till the day she died, according to her diaries and journals, right? And stuff about <laughs> that. So, so I want people to know that come to this program that it's hard and it's work, but it's worth it and, mm-hmm. and keep doing it, right? And there is joy and there is fun and there is love. Well, and there even, is laughter and all of that, right? You know, in addition to all that, it's just unavoidable. <laughs> yes, so yeah. you may as well just get in there. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to tell people that, but at least they let them believe they have a choice. But yeah, that's what I found too. I don't really have a choice. I can go kicking and screaming or I'll just scream and kick and know that I'm just going to kick and scream for a while. So mm-hmm. yes. So thank you so much for coming on today. And, and uh, your book drops October 11th. And I think you can pre-order on your website, can't you? Yeah, there's all sorts of sweetness for pre-ordering. Yeah, so that. on October 16th, I'm doing a big um, Church with a D and Friends mm-hmm. event. Leanne Rhymes is opening up. Oh, beautiful. beautiful chorus is going to come in and sing. Oh. Lots of loveliness. And, oh. and then I'm sending out um, what I'm calling Loving Reminders little inspirational audio every Sunday for a year. So oh. come on over to daniellaporte.com slash how to be loving. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And if we can support you in any way on this show, certainly come back and fill us in on what's next for you mm-hmm. or what's going on. Or if you just want to rap or chit chat or, or whatever you want to talk about, we're the place for it. So come on back. We love, we love hearing from great people like you and you specifically. So thank you, Danielle. Thank you. This was lovely. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Bright Vibe podcast. For more information, go to brightvibe.com. That's B-R-I-T-E vibe, B-I-B-E dot com. Thank you for listening.